Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Joining us now... TNT analyst Kevin McHale. I tell you what, for Vikings fans, Green Bay playing the Bears is like, do you want to get hung or do you want to get shot? With your host, Galliot Anderson, stops it now behind his head. Seku Smith and Lang Whitaker. The NBA's executive vice president of basketball operations, Stu Jackson, is joining us now on the podcast. I wanted to ask you, Stu, the players see you coming, do they get out of the way now? No, the worst thing that happened to me was uh, caller ID. Sports editor of the nation, Dave Zyron. Only the Knicks for $100 million would sign somebody with one eye and two microfracture surgeries. But shut my mouth. He's our most important New York Jew since Woody Allen. Now it's time for the tip-off. I laugh every time I hear the intro. <laughs> Welcome to the Hangtime Podcast, the trade deadline edition. Seku Smith from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com. Lang Whitaker, my co-host in New York. Lang, uh... You think we got a little news today on the show? (laughs) (laughs) What a week, right? Oh, man. You go from L.A. and and the 60th All-Star Game, which was a great time, and uh, we don't even get a chance to unpack the bags before the craziness starts. I know. Huge Carmelo Anthony trade that went down Monday, finally after seven months of, you know, speculation, deliberation, and uh, fact and fiction. Carmelo is a New York Nick along with Chauncey Billups, Sheldon Williams, uh, you know, two flapjacks from the Rocky Mountain Diner. Uh, and, is, and, that, is this Carmelo thing, trade, is this like the longest drawn out? Has to be. Trade? It's the longest thing be. I can remember in like the last 10 years. I Just mean, the, uh, the drama around it. And the, there's no there's no doubt about it. Think about it. The first time we heard any of this was at after Carmelo's wedding in the summer. That, yeah. hey, you know, somebody at the wedding at the reception said – Carmelo's going to the Knicks. Well, you know, it, it's almost March. Yeah. And and this thing gets done, and that means we had that much time to stew on it. And I, I got to give a lot of credit to the to all of the writers and, you know, analysts and broadcasters and everybody else that was keeping that story going because it never lost steam. I mean, I remember there would be two or three days, Lang, where you think, oh, it's, this thing's over, and it kicked right back up. So Yeah. Um, I saw Carmelo like four times over All Star Weekend, just in you know, like yeah. in hallways or whatever. And every time he had about eight writers <laughs> with him, just trying to get the latest from him, you know, because this thing just doesn't didn't stop. Well, believe it or not, that that's not even the biggest news yeah. of the week. The stu- the true stunner, the real stunner, is Darren Williams getting traded to the New Jersey Nets. And uh, after, yesterday, I was 
I was lambasting the Nets to Micah about how they, you know, they had missed the boat here twice. They they swung and missed in the huge free agent summer of 2010. Didn't get LeBron, D Wade, Bosh, you know, Joe Johnson. They didn't even get they didn't even get a third tier guy. They couldn't even get Rudy Gay to take their money. Uh, and now they they swing Darren Williams in a in a yet another blockbuster trade, uh, you know, that sends D Will to New Jersey for who knows how long because they're going to have some convincing to do, I'm sure. Uh, and Derek Favors and Devin Harris, along with two draft picks, heads to Utah. So, and and from what I'm reading on Twitter and what's coming out of Salt Lake City, th- this isn't something that Darren Williams was was fired up about necessarily. So that tells me that whatever the rift was in in Salt Lake City between he and Jerry Sloan and the organization was maybe greater than we anticipated. I don't, you know, and here's the other thing, and I mentioned this to Micah while you were running around trying to find your computer cable, <laughs> is that if you're Utah, and no one's really mentioned this, if you're Utah and you decide you're going to trade Darren Williams, I think they did pretty well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get Devin Harris, Derek Favors, and two first-rounders. Like, that's nothing to sneeze at there. Yeah, well, and it's it's like I said, it's like we talked about. I don't know if you guys remember me saying this, but – my my attitude, if I'm an organization about a trade, is if a player tells me he wants to be traded, I'm not going to wait until – I'm not going to give you seven months to, you know, for, for my leverage to shrink and yours to grow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to package you up and send you out of there ASAP. And to me, this looks like the, the Jazz said, we're not going to play the game with Darren heading into when he becomes a free agent, and he's in a similar position to what Carmelo Anthony was. They decided, we'll move you now, and we don't care if you like where you're going or not. Two things. A, that's what it looks like, but we don't know that yeah. that's the case. Yeah. Two, um, I said A and two. <laughs> a and two um, and C and <laughs> four. It's <laughs> like Tommy Boy. Um, but two, uh, if, if you're – isn't that what Denver basically did with Carmelo? I mean, if if he gave them a list of teams, it took them seven months to figure out where to send him. Not necessarily, because I mean, if if he says, "Hey, send me to either New York or Chicago," or send me to New York or you know, uh, it, pick another team. I mean, if if New York was n- number one on his list, and and every other team in the league had a chance to send a send an uh, an offer up the pole to the Nuggets, and every one of them was met with, "Carmelo won't sign the extension there." Then Carmelo basically just ran his own deal, and he just spent seven months making sure he got what he wanted. D. Will's thing is is a little bit different in that we don't know yet if if Darren Williams had any intentions of ever setting foot in New Jersey and playing in the Nets uniform. From what it, these initial reports are, it doesn't sound much like that. Yeah, like that he learned about it on television <laughs> and stuff. I mean. That would make me think that he he wasn't really yeah he wasn't fired up about this yeah so I'm I will be very interested to see how this turns out Micah what what do you think Mike Well I think my first reaction is to give it up a little bit to Utah and Denver I mean I feel like last times that we've seen superstars traded at the deadline we've been killing teams for the haul they got back in return I mean obviously Pau Gasol sort of comes to mind but I kind of feel like both Denver you know and Utah in some respects got you know, about as much as they could hope for, maybe in Utah's case even more so, for the two guys they gave up. I mean, I, I guess it depends on how you look at it. I'm I'm a big fan of, in any trade, if I get the best player in the trade, I'm smiling. And and I, and I, if I look back at the history of some of these deals, 
both of you guys will remember this trade as well as anybody. You remember the sign and trade deal for Joe Johnson? Yes. That the Hawks and the Suns did. And, you know, you remember one of the owners basically started a fight over Boris Diaw and saying, hey, that's too much, Boris, these draft picks, and da da da. And now, if you're in Phoenix right now and you had you had your hands on a young Joe Johnson on the on the cusp of All Star Joe Johnson, and you look, you know, in in hindsight, you look at it right now. Where's Boris? And what did those two draft picks become? And you tell me if the team that got Joe Johnson is not better off than the team that that lost it. And that's how I always grade a trade. I I love how people fantasize about these future draft picks. Well, if it's not Shaq, if it's not Tim Duncan, if it's not a if I'm not giving up a a superstar for the potential of another superstar, that's tough to that's tough for me to sleep with. Yeah. I hear you. I and it's also even not even the potential of another superstar is is to me, I mean it's, it's sometimes it's just getting what you can. Yeah. And not you know, being left shorthanded and, um, you know, then you get the draft picks and that kind of stuff to try to, you know, you're dealing for the future yeah. in some ways. I think the lesson of last season is you don't want to end up the Cavaliers or the Raptors. You know, you want to get <laughs> something in return for the guy that's walking out the door. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm very, you know, and unfortunately we don't find out about these things until after the fact. You know, the details and, and kind of all of that stuff doesn't come out until later. But, uh I you know I want to know the other the other side of this whole thing is Mikhail Prokhorov just made the Knicks you know if you're talking about what you gave up the Knicks just gave up half their team to get Carmelo Chauncey Sheldon Williams these guys and if if Mikhail Prokhorov had this deal with Utah in his back pocket the whole time and he was just meddling knowing that he wasn't going to get Carmelo Anthony but but playing the game out the way he did. A, it tells me a, a lot about why he's the, the shrewd billionaire businessman, successful guy that he is. And two, as Lang would say, um, <laughs> I, how how nasty is that Nets-Knicks rivalry going to get in the next couple of years, Lang? And you and you live right up there in the midst of it. I was saying he, he should have waited to announce the trade at like 445, <laughs> right before the Carmelo <laughs> press conference. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's gonna be fun. I mean, especially once the Nets get to Brooklyn. Yeah. Because you know? um, it, 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 and right now it's almost like they're sort of in between because you know they're leaving and, um, but once they get to Brooklyn and they're you know just a couple miles from MSG, um, even though they're only a couple miles now, but they'll be even closer. There'll be a couple subway stops away. Um, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, uh, Lang. Also, you know, we should point out it's also because it's gonna be fun because. These two owners are, are willing to do whatever they can to make their teams better. Maybe not always the best moves, but they're making moves and they're spending money and they're trying to get better. Yeah. You know? And I think that's – if you're a fan, that's the first thing you want is an owner who's willing to spend the money to, to make your team better. Yeah. Yeah, I hope – you know, and, and if you're fans of these two teams, you, your, your ultimate hope is that not only are you getting better, but you're getting championship better. Like you're getting – good enough to compete with the best of the best. And um, speaking of, our guy, John Schumann, NBA.com's very own, stationed up there in Jersey, uh, is joining us now on the Hangtime Podcast, one of several uh, big shot guests we're going to have on today, talking trade deadline and all of this great stuff. Shu, what's happening, sir? And, and uh, how fired up are you about another point guard taking over the reins in New Jersey, another superstar point guard? 
I'll tell you what, covering games in New York, New Jersey, and even Philadelphia is a lot more fun this year than it was last year. <laughs> no doubt. I see John just tweeted a link to Nets, <laughs> NBA.com slash Nets. It's a big picture of Darren Williams in a Nets jersey on the front page of their site. <laughs> They're wasting time. They got their Photoshop skills going up there in Jersey. <laughs> John, what do, what do we make of Mikhail Prokhorov and the fact that they just pulled off one of the greatest capers of all time in terms of spending seven months in the middle of this Carmelo drama and then, you know, taking three minutes basically to steal Darren Williams away from from the the rest of the league in a couple of years. I mean, everybody's opinion of the Nets probably just went flipped around 180 <laughs> degrees in the last, seriously, in the last few hours. I mean, Seriously, we we wrote about this on the Hangtime blog, or we were going to write about this on the Hangtime blog. I don't know if it got posted, but um, you know, I thought the Nets were the big losers in this whole Carmelo mess because yeah. not only did they sort of get publicly rejected by Carmelo, but in the process, they basically devalued Devin Harris and yeah. Troy Murphy to the point where last night it looked like they were going to trade Devin Harris for maybe an expiring contract. Like it, like Karan Butler or trade him to you know Portland for Andre Miller, um, and they're still not going to get anything for Troy Murphy of anything of, val- of real value for Troy Murphy, but it seemed like there's these two guys. Harris was an All Star two years ago. Murphy was you know as average a double double the last two seasons. Right. And it seemed like they basically devalued both of these guys to the fact that they were going to get nothing for either of them. But they had to trade them. Like there was, there was, there was no doubt that they were going to trade them, and they were going to get nothing. But then all of a sudden, you know, they pull this off where they send Harris and Favors and the two of the picks, and basically get a better player than Carmelo for less than that they were going to send to Denver. Um, it's crazy. It's wild. Well, you know, the, I guess the question now is, at least short term, does it makes them? Does this make the Nets better? I don't even know. I mean. I don't. It doesn't make them a playoff team this year. I don't think. But I mean, does it make them a playoff team next year? Like they need to to keep adding, obviously, right? Yeah, but I think it definitely makes them a playoff team next year. I would say they were underachieving this year with the talent that they had. I mean, Harris had basically checked out a couple months ago. Was not playing as well as he can. Lopez obviously has regressed. Um. But, yeah, I think it definitely makes them better. I mean, Darren Williams is just, you know, two steps above Devin Harris as far as point guards are concerned, both scoring and passing-wise. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to help Lopez. Um, and I think, yeah, they're in better shape. Um, obviously, they have holes. They have a hole at the three. Um, they have a, We'll see what happens with the four. They have Humphreys, who's played really well this year, but is a free agent at the end of the summer. Um, right now at the three, they're starring Travis Outlaw, who's been just terrible um, all season. So, yeah, they have holes, but you know um, that they're going to do whatever it takes to, to put around, to put some, some guys around Williams and Lopez. Shu, do you think uh, this was as calculated as it looks from, from Prokhorov's standpoint in the Nets and uh, Billy King? I mean, was this something that they – they operated knowing that hey we're never getting we're never really getting Carmelo like 
you know, when you you do the big press conference and you come out and say we're we're taking ourselves out of this, we're done. You know, we don't want any part of this this circus. And then you get back into it at overall star weekend, and and sit down and meet with Carmelo. I mean, do you think this was all uh, as calculated as it appears to be? I still don't know what to think of it all because mm-hmm. I feel like in in some ways Denver was just playing the Nets all along in order to get a better package out of the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Because Carmelo has said all along that, Den- that that the Denver front office knew what he wanted, right? And if that was true, and if he only wanted the Knicks, then why was Denver wasting so much time talking with the Nets about you know three different deals? You know, basically there was a deal in back in uh, late September. There was a deal um, about a month ago, or right before. Prokhorov pulled out of the thing, and then there was this deal that they were coming up with uh, at All-Star Weekend. So I feel like, Barbie feels like Denver was just playing the Nets all along, and that if the Nets had really, you know, the Nets, like I said, they devalued some of their assets. I don't think they would have done all of this if they felt like um, there was no shot that they were getting Carmelo. I don't think they ever really knew, and maybe that was Denver playing them, like, to, to get as much as they can out of the Knicks. So I, I still don't know what to think about the whole <laughs> Nets and Nuggets Carmelo thing. Yeah. The other interesting thing is, I mean, we were just out at, you know, All-Star. All of us were there, and, and there's tons of writers there and people who are plugged in and stuff. And I didn't hear anyone talk about Darren Williams getting traded. Oh, I, at, I, oh, I no. did. Kim at Ber- this trade deadline? Yeah, Kim Ber- Well, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Kim, Kim Berger, though. I was in the air- airport with uh, CBS Sports' Ken Berger uh, yeah. flying back to Atlanta, and he was on his way back to uh, to the New York area, I believe. And uh, we were laughing about the video. I don't know if you guys saw it, where he had reported that D. Will had, had let people know that he was going to eventually go to New York and play with Amari. And uh, he mentioned it kind of as a small item in passing, and somebody got D. Will on camera, basically saying, what's a Kim, you know, what's a Kim burger? He's like, I've had a hamburger, what's a Kim burger? Well, Ken was sit, standing right there, and, and so he was like, hey, I'm Ken Burger. And he was like, well, where'd you get your information? And he's like, I can't tell you. And D. Will was like, exactly, not credible information. Um, so, I mean, there was some, some chatter about him at All-Star Weekend, just not, like you said, Lang, Nothing we thought would go down by the, by the trade deadline. Yeah, not within well, two days of all star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the sound from the sounds of it, it, like it it sounds like this deal just came together in the last twenty four hours. And the other thing I'll say is that Utah is a team that keeps things really quiet. They're right. not a team that's you're not going to find out what they're doing really until uh, something happens. And I mean, we've seen deals like this happen that just come out of nowhere. If I remember the Pau Gasol trade came out of nowhere. I remember when the Nets acquired Vince Carter, that came out of absolutely nowhere. Um, so it, sometimes, you know, that's what that's the way it happens. Who do you think, John, is in a bigger rebuilding situation right now between New Jersey and Utah? And I know we're talking about I'm, – I'm sorry, not New Jersey, but uh, Denver and Utah. I mean, and I know we're kind of going all over the map with you here, but who do you think has a bigger rebuild ahead of them between those two? It's a good question. It'll be interesting to see what Denver does with Nene, mm-hmm. um, whether Kenyon Martin comes back. He's a free agent. Um, I think Denver has more pieces uh, altogether with that package they got from the Knicks. Plus, I mean, they have a solid team in the first place. Um, 
so I think they definitely have more pieces. I'm not sure Utah has has pieces, but I don't know how they they all mix together. You know, because they have Jefferson, Millsap, and now Favors on that front line, um, which is interesting. And <laughs> Kirilenko also. You know, yeah. so Kirilenko's a free agent. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, they definitely have more work to do, I think, to get back to being a playoff team, the Jazz. Right. Um, whereas Denver, I think, can be pretty solid with what they've got right now. Do you think? Uh, you think New Jersey? What's their prognosis long term for D. Will? And I mean, I, somebody actually sent me a tweet asking me, "Do I think they make the playoffs this year?" And I'm like, "Have you looked at the standings? You know, no, uh, I, no matter I, who I they that, got, I think yeah, that they, was have to, they, they have to basically go 21 and four or something <laughs> like that. That would get them 38, and that would get them to 38 and 44, which would basically put them." About where Indiana's on pace to go to be right. at, as the eighth seed. So now they're, they're not making the playoffs this year. But right. I think I mean the big thing for them is is locking up Darren um, long term. I mean right. he he's just like Chris Paul, where he's his contract goes through um, 2013, but he can opt out of that last year of his contract, right. so he can be a free agent in 2012. Um, so that's obviously huge is to sell him on the long-term future of the Nets, make him want to be there long-term. And then obviously they have to, I'm, I'm sure they will go hard after Dwight Howard in 2012 if he, uh, when he's a free agent. Yeah, yeah that was, that was going to be my next question is who's like who's going to be the, the next, it would have to be in 2012, I guess, but who would be the next big... Uh, free agent sweepstakes we're going to see. I guess Dwight is the answer. Yeah, it'd be Dwight and CP. I mean, CP has the same thing where he, Chris Paul yeah. has the same thing where he can opt out of the final. And we won't know really if that's going to be the play until we see the CBA because we're right. talking about like 18, an $18 million <laughs> uh, salary for 2012-13, um, which no matter what the circumstances are, it's hard to you know, you know, give up and then yeah. sign a new contract because if they sign a new contract, you know, the salary for that season might be half that. So they might want to say, okay, I'll keep, I'll, I'll wait another year and make it 2013 my free agent year, and take the 18 million dollars now, and then, and then you know, become a free, get a new contract after that. So we'll see. Shoe, last thing, and and I know you're busy. Um, who do you think it? Yeah, I gotta head to the Mellow Conference. In I know a, in a, in a few minutes. I know you got a monster, monster night ahead of you. But who do you think is the team that, through all of this, you know, that's going on in the Eastern Conference? Who's the team that benefits the most in terms of the one that gains in the standings? That's not a part of these trades. Like, what team do you think is on the periphery of all this, looking and going? This sets up pretty sweet for us because now we have a you know either this avenue or that avenue to get to where we want to be. Well, I mean the West certainly opens up. I don't know about the East. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I mean the East just got tougher. I mean, mm-hmm. New Jersey's not going to make the playoffs this year, but they've become a tougher team to knock off and the you know or, or to get a win from uh, down the stretch, obviously. Um, so I don't know. That's a good question. I mean the West obviously with with Mello and 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 D Will going east, I mean those that was that's the seventh seed and the eighth seed in the West right now. 
Right. Yep. Um, I, I think Denver might be able to hold on, but obviously it helps Memphis and Phoenix, uh, the two teams that are 9 and 10 right now. So yeah. those two teams are the ones that benefit, obviously, in the short term. Um, and then long term, it, it, it helps the whole Western Conference. Maybe it helps New Orleans hold on to CP because he sees the, the West being more wide open. With the I mean, the Lakers aren't going to last forever with Kobe getting older. Right. Um, and the Spurs aren't obviously going to last forever. So now, and now you take Carmelo and you take Darren Williams out of the conference, and you look two, three years ahead, and you may see the West is going to be might be wide open. See, Brandon Jennings tweeted, "The East is cracking now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, dude, guys like Brandon Jennings should not be happy about this, man. The the, the road to making the All Star team just got a whole lot tougher at the Eastern Conference for yep. for point guards. You got D. Will, Derrick Rose, and Rondo in the East now at point guard. That that is stiff competition, man. Chew, thanks, and uh, we'll be looking forward to reading all the stuff you're going to be doing. Uh, you know, on on Melo and what's happening in New York tonight, man. All right, am I going to see you over there, Lang? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to swing by after work. Cool. If, All he, right, can, man. if right, he can guys. fit in his big schedule shoe, he'll make it over there. Man. <laughs> Appreciate you. All right, fellas. All right. Appreciate All right. Later. Lang, yeah. no, I mean, I, maybe I'm the only one extrapolating on this, and Micah, you and Lang tell me if I'm crazy, but I smell, I smell discontent with this D-Will Nets thing like they're gonna have to really, and I don't know if it's discontent with the Nets so much, but he's gonna. It sounds like he's gonna be burned up at just the way it went down because apparently he didn't find out about this until it flashed across the TV. Uh, well, somebody it, just tweeted. Billy King said, "I just got off the phone with Darren. He's very excited about this." Yeah, just saying. Uh, you know, I think if there would be any discontent from Darren, it would be toward the Jazz. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's gonna be some. Some some sour grapes on that end, and that you know you still have to convince him that hey this this Nets thing's gonna work. Be fair, would Billy King have said anything different? Like would he been True. like, man, I just got off the phone. Oh my god, Darren is mad. Darren is upset. He says yeah. he's gonna slap me when he's he gets going off to the plane. New Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, no, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think you know it's always like this at trade time, and there's hard feelings, and I mean, like the Nuggets, they, who was it, Josh Kroenke last night personally apologized to Chauncey Billups because of that trade. Um, I think there's always a little bit of that, and it's tough. These guys, remember when Camby cried when he got traded from the Clippers? Like, th- if you don't ask for the trade, you don't want to go. Yeah. And um, I-, I think for a lot of these guys, I mean, for us, we can sit here and talk about it, but these guys, it uproots their lives, you know? So it's tough for them. Yeah. Um, well, that's what they that's what they don't pay us for, is to sit here and talk <laughs> yeah. about it. No, I'm just kidding. You have to understand, too, I think, if you're a part of the league right now, that it, things are in flux. Every dude on every team right now that, that's not named LeBron, D-Wade, Kobe, you know, there's, there's, there's maybe 15 guys who can, who can rest easy, you know, between now and the 3 p.m. trade deadline on Thursday, knowing that they don't have to worry. Like, if I'm – if I'm some of these stars and, and, and pseudo stars on other teams, you know, if if I'm in the last year of a contract, I'm I'm calling I'm calling home and saying, Hey, uh just get get the number to the U Haul place on speed dial <laughs> just in case. Just in case because, you know, David Aldrich, good good friend of the show, um who we who we hope to speak to here shortly. He he's been reporting some trade rumors on a hangtime blog, and you know Kirk Heinrich yeah. is is you know is a name that's popped up for Mike Bibby. I mean, there's all sorts of other 
deals that could get done between now and the deadline where you're talking about veteran guys. O.J. Mayo's name has popped up. You're talking about veteran guys, young guys, lots and just a lot of moving parts between now and the deadline where every if once one team makes a move, Lang, everybody starts looking at their roster and going, well, what you know? What can we do to get better? And what's a you know what might be out there for us? And the deadline's there, so everybody's in in get it done mode. Like everybody's ready to get something done. It's the if if we don't if you're not getting better, you're not you're moving back. You're getting worse. Yeah, you can't stand still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something you've talked about a lot. I know. Yeah. But I, it, it's also funny. Like um, I was at the at All Star Weekend. I, I ran in. I got introduced to Dennis Dixon from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. And we were just chatting, and and I, we were talking about the trade deadline and all this stuff coming up, and I was like, you know, you don't really see this in football at the trade deadline. You don't see 13-player <laughs> deals and, yeah. you know, blockbuster, huge trades going down. Uh, it, it's very unique, I think, to the NBA, and it's, uh, you know, for us, it's it's awfully interesting to watch. So you met Dennis Dixon over All-Star Weekend, and I got to hang out with Maria Menuno. Sounds like... I think you won. Sounds like somebody won that one there, Lane. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you say, Lane Krause, but it sounds like the winner is is over here in the black sweatshirt. That's just <laughs> it's just me talking. Uh, uh, again, we're gonna, we're efforting a couple other guests here on the show today, Lane, because we got so much to cover, and we're and we're gonna have to short shrift our All Star Weekend. I mean, it it was a great weekend. Blake Griffin jumps over a car. Uh, you know, Kobe gets the MVP, as a lot of people thought might happen. Um, you know, on his on his home floor, basically, great weekend. I thought, even with a couple of nights of of ugly rain in in L.A., which is very strange and and rare. Um, what's the what's the one thing you'll take out of All Star Weekend going forward in terms of memories or what you saw? You know, I thought the dunk contest was was one of the more entertaining ones I've seen, um, and I know some people t- said, you know, oh well there was too many props or that there was Blake had a home court advantage or he didn't jump over the roof of the car. He only jumped over the hood. But if you were in the building, it, it was an exciting dunk contest. Um, I think to be at, you know, what else was fun was, was the actual game and just watching Kobe come out there <laughs> with his, like, I'm serious face on. Right. And, and, you know, when the other guys were kind of playing around and Kobe was just getting after it from the, from the beginning of the game. Uh, we were joking in the press box, like, you know, these other guys probably hosted a party on Saturday night, and Kobe went out and got up a thousand shots in the gym. Wait, <laughs> I mean, he looked like he was serious. I, the thing that really bothered me in after that too is uh, the next day I, I wrote something about, you know, just Kobe kind of there. There's a passing of the torch that happens, and then there's a you have to snatch the torch from some yeah. people. Same way Kobe did to Jordan here in Atlanta. When the All Star Game was here, everybody else was kind of bowing down to Kobe, uh, to Jordan. You know, they knew it was probably his last All Star trip. And you know, Vince Carter, like somebody gave up a starting spot, and you know, Isaiah was coaching the team, and even he was, you know, kissing Jordan's behind in terms of just you know going crazy and being nice. Kobe, of course, goes out there during the game and plays defense on Jordan like it's Game Seven of the NBA Finals. You know, he's trying to steal the ball from him. He tried to block a shot. He's trying. I mean, there, there's a level of respect, I think, that that's you have to accord certain players in certain moments. And to me, if you didn't think Kobe was going to come out and play hard Sunday in what's probably his last all-star game in Los Angeles, you you had to be out of your mind. And I think LeBron realized that later 
in the game and kind of you you remember you I'm sure everybody's seen the the pep talk he gave the E squad like hey you know they're supposed to be the old ones and they're running past us out of here and we look old. I thought LeBron did what you thought or Kobe did what he thought you'd do and LeBron did what he what everybody expects him to do which is he's going to have to take that torch from Kobe. All right, we talked about All-Star weekend laying uh, enough of that. No more no more Kobe chatter from me. We we got to get back to this trade deadline business and and who better than than our own David Aldridge of TNT to talk to about it. And DA, I'm stunned you answered the phone. I mean, I know your phone is hot like fire right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't. I might have to get off in a second. You never know who's going to get triggered. <laughs> <laughs> DA, were you as a? Uh, it's Lang. Are you, were you as surprised as? the rest of the world was by this Darren Williams trade this morning? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody was. I, I saw somewhere that Darren didn't even know that it, that it was going down. Um, you know, I think everybody was surprised by it um, just from the standpoint of, first of all, I mean, you know, Utah got, he had him under contract for another year and a half. So yeah. this was not a Carmelo situation where they had to move him or they're going to lose him this summer. You know, he had another year left before he could even get out of this, out of the deal. So, you know, I certainly thought that they would make every effort to kind of make him happy this off season. Maybe make a couple of deals to try to get another star player in there with them. They they they've got pieces. I mean, they've got you know guys like Millsap, who's you know not a not a horrible contract. It's it's not a great contract, but there's lots worse. You know, I mean, they've got guys that they could move that uh, could bring some pieces back. Uh, but they just decided to blow it up now. And I think the feeling was that once once the Carmelo thing went down, you know, I think other teams were looking at what Denver got and saying, hey, you know, if we could do a deal like that, then we could get four really good young pieces, then let's do that. You know, we'd love to do that. And I think that's what was what one of the things that drove that drove each other to do this was you're getting two first round picks, one's unprotected next year from, from Jersey and the other one is in twenty twelve it's protected to six, which probably means they'll get it. Um so that's a, that's a lottery pick. It's not a high lottery pick, but it'll be a decent lottery pick right. uh, from Golden State. You get the the guy who's a third pick in the draft this year and Savers is somebody Utah always liked uh a great deal. And, you know, Devin Harris is a little older. I'm not sure if he's 28, 29 now maybe. But he was the sixth pick in the draft. So you're getting four lottery picks basically for uh, for Darren Williams. So, uh, look, we know Darren Williams is one of the two or three best point guards in the league. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're a better team. But I think, it, again, we talk about this all the time. The reality of small market teams right now is that, it's getting harder and harder for them to compete. Not easier and easier. It's getting harder. And so you're, you see teams saying, hey, you know, if we can get some guys that are under our control for a few years contractually, that we don't have to be a luxury taxpayer, if we're not going to be able to win a championship, then that might be well worth doing. And now that's one thing. I, I just happen to believe, and I'm, I'm waiting to talk to some people who would know, I just have to believe that something has happened between Darren Williams and the organization that made them feel like they had to do this right now. I mean, I, we said this when they when they when Jerry Sloan retired. This was not about Jerry Sloan and Darren Williams having an argument. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something else going on here, and 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 obviously it's something that was 
really deep-seated for them to make this move. Right. D.A., do you, how tough a, a sell job do you think Mikhail Prokhorov and the Nets have uh, to keep Darren Williams there long-term? Well, it's not going to be easy, I, I grant you that, but I think they've got a chance because, uh, you know, we know the Prokhorov's going to spend money. We know that. You know they're moving into a new building that's going to generate more money for them. And, again, they've got 18 months to convince them. They have 17 months to convince them. Um, it's not like he's going to be a free agent on July 1st. And not only do they have 17 months to convince them, but they also have 17 months to convince them um, where it, you know the hard cap may make it easier for teams to, like New Jersey, that are willing to spend money to buy out contracts of from other teams that may want to get rid of some good players that are just overpriced. So they're going to definitely be a buyer, I would imagine, <clears throat> going forward the next year and a half. So if a team does, you know, realize or come to the conclusion that, that it just can't resign a star player, and the 2012 free agent class is going to be pretty good, then Jersey's going to be sitting there saying, bring them to us, you know, and <laughs> they're going to <laughs> – and so if he gets another star player to go play with him, I, I would imagine that plus the prospects of, of playing in, in New York and having an opportunity to do some things off the court uh, in, in terms of marketing and other stuff, I would think would uh, make it a, you know, a big possibility that they keep him. Dia, you mentioned the, the, the small market aspect of it and the teams trying to, to get some – financial certainty going forward with these guys. Do you think we might see another move like this before the trade deadline of a smaller team, you know, flipping whatever they have for some younger pieces? I, I don't have any doubt, Lang, that something along, we'll see a couple more like that. Yeah, I mean, I just think people are looking at the landscape and saying, you know, um, are we really able to compete right now? And if they if they come to the conclusion that they're not, then you know they will. I think take a good look at moving one of their star players who makes a lot of money for a bunch of prospects. I mean, and and the the thing that concerns you, it concerns me anyway, that this is starting to look a lot like baseball. Hmm. You know where. Your Kansas Cities and your Pittsburghs, people that have no chance of winning championships, have very good young players or, or good veteran players that they just start giving away for prospects. You know, and and that creates a two-tiered system where the where the haves, the relative right. haves, just start picking off the good players and, and giving you a bunch of draft picks for them or, or young rookies or something. And that is not good for the league. I don't believe that's good for the league. Um, I think you have to have teams in Utah and Denver and Memphis and other medium to small markets that are competitive to have a chance to make the playoffs and win series. I just think that's crucial. And, and, and I just, you know, this is, I think there's two things, and I, I say this all the time, I have no problem with players making a determination about where they want to live their lives and play. Mm-hmm. They're entitled to that under the rules. They can do it. Uh, Carmelo Anthony gave Denver seven years, seven plus years. LeBron James gave Cleveland seven years. They had seven years to figure it out, and they didn't get it done. So I'm not angry with the players for doing it. All I'm saying is that the end result of them doing it, I think, is is harmful to the league because you don't see the small market teams being able to compete 
if this is going to be the situation where the good teams just start amassing four or five star players and there's you know spots left for the other twenty teams in the league. Da, we we spent so much time uh, the last few months talking about the the collective bargaining agreement discussions that are going to go on until June thirtieth and wondering what sort of impact that would have on the movements at the trade deadline. And now it seems as if no effect at all for for some teams, as you mentioned. Does that surprise you at all that that some of these moves that have been made have been in total disregard to what might be coming? Well, not really. I mean, the Knicks are a unique case. They're a, they're a taxpayer, but they're also one of the top, you know, revenue-generating teams, to either first or second or third, one of the top three. So they're going to be able to buy their way out of whatever mistakes they make. You know, I mean, they're just always going to have that capability. So that was a unique case, I think. Um, this one with uh, with Utah, to me, is, is more troubling uh, because, again, you know, you have a team that, that was a good team, a playoff team, just kind of washing your hands of it and saying, we can't, we don't even want to deal with this going forward. Um, we don't want to deal with a hard cap and how hard it's going to make us, how hard it's going to make, make it for us to, uh, to compete. So let's just start not slashing salaries because they still got a couple guys that make money, but, you know, they, they're going to go for some savings here. Um, so that, that one to me was troubling, but I, I, it doesn't surprise me because at the end of the day, see, people want to compete. You know, even even these owners that are crying for mouth want to compete, and they want to try and win. So, you know, if New York sees a chance to get a guy like Carmelo Anthony, they're going to pull the trigger. There are other teams. Chicago's trying to get a two guard. You know, they're going to figure out a way to buy one if they can't get one. And you know, if the Lakers were in the hunt for a, for a, another piece, they'd go get one. You know, so the. The, the competition is always going to rear its head. The difference this year as opposed to last year, to me, is that, you know, you don't see the mid-teams like Milwaukee last year kind of going all in and going and getting players and helping themselves out. Um, you're not seeing that, at least so far this year. I think, D.A., is it, it kind of raises the question, is, is, is what do you consider competing if you're a team? Is it, you know, making the playoffs and losing in the first round or – winning a title and if you want to classify it as winning a title it doesn't seem like there's that many teams that have a legitimate chance at that this year or next year yeah no again i think that's part of the problem Wayne, is that you really i mean i think most people realistically would say there are probably six teams that have a realistic chance of of winning the title and uh you know we all know them uh, you know <laughs> so um yeah it's I think it's going to be difficult, you know, going forward. And to your point, I mean, what is competing? What 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 is it to to go out and, and try to win? You know, is it to win a playoff series and maybe break even? You know, if you if you have three or four playoff games at home and or at least lose less, is that satisfactory for a lot of teams? I think you know it may be, and that that to me is not what you want to hear. You want to hear if you're a fan. That your team's trying to win a championship, you know, and they're trying to do whatever they can to win a championship. Yeah, everybody can't have a ninety million dollar payroll, but you still should be able to compete. I mean, so it's uh, that that is going to be the question I think going forward with regard to the collective bargaining agreement. What does it mean in the NBA today to compete? Right, you so know, and that and you know the, the answer is 
is not what I think a lot of people want to hear, that, that, that there are, you know, six to eight teams competing for a championship and everybody else is competing for something else. Yeah. Which is not a championship, you know. I don't think I don't think people would want to hear that, and I don't think that that would be a positive thing. No doubt about it, DA. Uh, we know you're busy and got to get out of here, but uh, just curious. After the free agent summer of 2010, and you know the decision and all of that stuff, did, could you have envisioned the following seven and a half months being <laughs> as busy as it has been? No, <laughs> honestly, no. Um, you know the Carmelo thing just dragged, dragged, dragged. I don't know what the word is. Dragged out for so long. Um, it just kind of wore everybody out, and I think that was unusual that that took so long. Usually, when a when a superstar player is on the block, it doesn't take very long for that deal to get done. Mm-hmm. So, no. To answer your question, no. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm shocked by this trade. Absolutely right. shocked. Um, the Carmelo thing was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen eventually, whether it was going to be Jersey or New York, you know, kind of going back and forth. But this one came out of left field. I mean, I don't, I don't know of anybody that had this on their radar as late as midnight last night when I was talking to some people about, you know, potential deals that nobody mentioned yeah. Darren Williams. Yeah. Nobody. So this was something that happened very quickly. Yeah. David Aldridge of TNT joining us on the Hang Time Podcast. DA, thank you so much. I know you're going to be on the uh, NBA TV trade deadline show tomorrow. I'll be there with you, man. It's going to be fun. Hopefully you won't be as busy this year as you were last year having to cut out every two seconds to answer that phone, man. I'm, I'm, it's going to be worse this year. <laughs> but that's all right. That's all right. That's a gig, so that's okay. No doubt about it. See you then, DA. Thanks, okay, DA. Guys. All right, man. I mean, and I thought about that as he was talking, Lang. Everybody thought the the world, you know, was changing in July, you know, when LeBron had to make his decision. But look at the dominoes that have fallen since then, you know. uh, You know, we're talking about a total shift landscape. When you look at that initial move and everything that's come since then, it's to go from July of last year to potentially June 30th of this year when everything comes to a a halt if there's not a new CBA in place. The league has changed completely, you know, just from, you know, we we jokingly slapped headlines on on blogs at hang time last summer about the balance of power shifting, but it's literally shifting as we speak. Lang DA DA was so fantastic uh with with his wealth of of knowledge about all things NBA that uh man they they're going to kick us out of the studio if we don't hurry up. So we're going to we're going to break this down and uh cut it off there and make this part 1 of Hangtime epi- uh Hangtime podcast episode 45, excuse me. And uh we've got a couple more guests that are going to come on with us Lang cuz we're not done chopping up this whole New York uh, Nick's deal with Carmelo Anthony and he and Amari Stoudemire getting together as well as some other information we want to get out there that's going on with the trade deadline upon us. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hang Time blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com. You can follow Seku and Lang on Twitter at SekuSmithNBA and Lang with it. The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter, but we'll let you know when they do.